live with Daisy Wright, international career coach extraordinaire. <laughs> we're, we're so happy to have you on the show, Daisy. Good morning. How is everything? Good morning. I am so happy to be to be here with you, Jack. It's a pleasure. I've been watching the, your other live streams and I am learning. I'm not a job seeker, but I'm learning from your, your guests. So thank you so much for inviting you. You're welcome. I'm so glad you say that because yes, because there's so many people who are giving advice that the light bulbs go on like, wow. Give you an example. I'm embarrassed to say, I think it may have been Hannah Morgan or, or Virginia Franco that were saying, um, the difference between a CV and a resume. I always thought it was the same thing. And I've been recruiting for 25 years. I had no idea that there were two different things. So you can't learn all the time. Like for instance, I've learned that you are international oriented, you know, that you, you know, offer career services really across the board and you have a several different programs in the works. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So one of the, I'll jump right into this job. Okay. One of the programs I'm working on right now is an interview course. And I've titled it, How to Crush the Interview and Land the Job You Want. And the reason I have, I'm doing this is, you know, a lot of things we do in terms of the job search, in terms of the coaching, is usually around the, the resume, the cover letter, the LinkedIn profile, and all of that. And that's only a small part of the job search. When people go to the, the interview, they literally clam up. They don't know what to say. They don't prepare themselves properly. And I work with mid-career professionals, emerging leaders, and executives, and some of them just don't know how to interview well. And why, do you think that, why do you think that is, Daisy? One of the reasons I think is that many of them believe that if they tell their stories, then they're bragging. Mm. You know, I worked once with a gentleman who was a director at the airport. And when I asked him to, you know, tell me what you, what you're proud of, what you're most proud of. And he said, Daisy, it's all a part of the job. I go to my, my job and I do it. And I said, can you identify something that you're yeah. really proud of that, that made a difference? And he said, he started thinking and then said, you know, soon after 9-11, we had to reorganize our safety protocols at the airport, but at his particular company. And he revamped the, the, the safety manual mm -hmm. for his company. And I said, what difference does that make? And he said, oh, well, you know, they were talk, talking so much about it until mm -hmm. it became the standard for the, the airport. So I said, that's something you should be proud mm -hmm. of. He said, he said he thought it was just part of the job. And this is a senior, this was a senior person. So those are the things that they just believe that people should see them and recognize the work that they have done. But if they don't toot their own horn, as I often said, nobody will know that they're coming. You know, it's so interesting you bring this up because, you know, as a recruiter, I see two, two sides to it, Daisy, and I think you appreciate it. One is exactly the way you described. You have somebody who has an amazing background, but they don't feel comfortable selling themselves because to them, they feel it's like, you know, it's weird. They didn't grow up feeling, yes, look at me. I'm so awesome. I'm great. I'm fantastic. You know, they're more humble, they're more respectful. So it's yeah. hard to get out of the shell. But I wonder if you see this, the opposite people who don't have the skills and don't have the downs, they're the ones who are bragging. Absolutely. <laughs> nothing to brag about. They're the ones who are like, I'm so great. I'm so awesome. Yes. Like, oh, not really. Do you see that too? <laughs> I, I see that all the time. Yeah. And here's how I tell my clients to stand out. Okay. I said, and we're all accustomed to the star, par, car, and all of those. But I say to them, because some people believe that because they're not in sales, they can't really tell people about their results. You know, the star, 
situation, task. Well, well, for people who are not aware of it, what is the STAR? Like, so, so folks okay, who are not familiar so with that. STAR is the situation, the task, action, and results. Mm -hmm. When I coach my clients these days, I say to them, focus on the AI. And the AI has nothing to do with artificial intelligence. Yeah, right. It has to do with focus on the actions you took and the impact you made. And when they're able to do that, then they can reflect on their actions, what they did and the impact they made. What difference did they, did they come up with a new way of doing things? Did they, um, did they invent something that made a difference? Mm -hmm. You know, did they come up with a program that, you know, put their company ahead of their competitors, you know, things like that. So when you're able to, when they're able to do that, they feel more comfortable talking about, about what they have done. And I'm saying, you have done it, claim it, it's yours. Because if you don't claim it, somebody else is going to do that. Absolutely. Now, Somebody's going to grab your story and run with it. And that's how you end up with people that you just mentioned. Those who say, yeah, 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 I'm great, great, great. And yet they don't have the proof. Right? So how do you do that? Do you, do you role play? Like, do, do you sit down with one of your clients and say, okay, let's role play this out in terms yes. of, you know, or, or do you first ask them to like maybe jot down what their skills are, what they're good at? How, how does it work behind the scenes? Okay, so let me give you a typical example. Mm -hmm. Someone is, is being interviewed for a director's role, for example. So we look at the job posting and I say to my client, read through every line of that job posting and look at it to see which line aligns with your experience. And then I say to them, the interview questions that I'm gonna be giving you are will be based on this job posting. So I will just flip around the statement. I will say, describe a time when, mm -hmm. and they have to go, that's part of their homework, to go home and try and answer some of those questions. Then they come back and that's when we have the mock interview. Now, <clears throat> We cannot do the full mock interview, like the full, the full hour, for example. We can't spend it on the entire, all the questions they would have prepared. But my aim is to, is to find out if they understand the process, mm -hmm. if they're telling their story, if they're looking at it from the, the situation or the, the, the challenge that they faced, and if they're focusing on the actions they took and what happens next. And I'll say to them, if you're answering the question and I'm not hearing what I need to hear, I'm going to do like this. <laughs> this is a signal for you to stop. We're not, yeah. we're not do yes, I'm not getting mm -hmm. it. And if you're mm -hmm. getting it, then, you know, we go on and we go on. So that's the process I use. With, with 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 clients do you also coach clients in terms of not just the substance but how they say it and what i mean by that is like you have i, I can't tell you how many people i've interviewed who will just drone on about like i did this i did that i did this and they're great things but like yes. the way they say say it yes. it's like it just falls between the cracks right you know because i find out if somebody, and I don't know if this is just me or this is common, if you're interviewing and speaking with somebody and they're upbeat and they're positive and they're like motivated mm -hmm. and they're actively listening and making eye contact, to me, even if you don't have the skills of somebody else who's better, yes, they'll choose that person because you realize that person, you know, they're motivated, they're fun, they're lively, they have a personality. Do you, do you coach that too? Like how to bring oh. that out of people? Absolutely. You have to be passionate. Yeah. So passion might sound um, like a cliche, but you have to demonstrate that. You have to demonstrate enthusiasm. Yes, yes I'm really <laughs> yeah. keen. I'm yeah. really keen. I'm rearing to go. Because if they don't see that, 
then they're going to start looking for somebody else. And again, it's all based on your stories. If you have done the thing, please tell them about it. They can't read your mind. So you have to tell them. You have to tell them your story. And you have to tell them the difference that your actions made. So yes, it's all about passion. It's all about being enthusiastic, it's, it's letting them know, going into their heads and letting them know, listen, I am the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though you're not gonna yeah. you know, tell them that, you know, in, in, in such words, but right. your action and the, 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 um, the way you phrase your answers, you know, you know, you want to convince them that you are the best person. In addition to being the best person, are there other things that you you kind of watch out for for your clients? How to make how to like really make them stand out? Because for instance, when you say about a story, lots of times when people tell like their career story, mm -hmm. it is winding and boring, and they go off topic. You know, it's for instance, if they say, "Tell me about yourself," mm -hmm. they well. In high school, I did, and it's like, oh my God, I have to listen to this <laughs> from high school till now. This is going to be terrible. Yeah. So like, how do you coach people with the, to tell a story? Because not everyone can tell a good story, like to, to yes. really be able to make it concise, sharp, have a beginning, have an end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so it's a couple of things. One, yes. when, when they're reviewing the tell me about yourself question, yeah. I say to them, break it into three parts. Mm -hmm where you were, where you are now, and where you're going. And where you were does not mean where you were back in kindergarten or, or high school. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's more or less where you were in terms of your, your professional experience and how that experience aligns with the job that you're being interviewed for. So they'll come up with, and of course, they're going to think of their accomplishments in, in, um, in those right. roles. And then they get to where they are now. And again, they're telling them of the great things that they mm -hmm. have done or they're doing right now. And where they're going. And I would say to them, as a segue into where they're going, I would say to them to say something like, when, when I saw this job posting, it aligned so closely with my career goals. And that's why I'm here with you now discussing the possibility of joining your organization. And that's that takes them right into yeah. where they're going. It's interesting you say that because yeah. I write about that exactly like, you know, to say that, you know, hey, I, you know, I saw the job description and it really stood out to me. Yes. I, I, I have the background, the experience. You know, so I couldn't wait to send my resume and hopefully exactly. get an interview. Yeah, exactly. And I also remind them that remember that the interview is a conversation. It's not an investig. It's not an interrogation. You have something that the employer wants and they have something that you want. So it becomes a conversation because you're interviewing them as well. You want to make sure that when you leave your current job, you're not jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something you're going into a job where you'll be able to contribute, but you'll also be able to, to, um, to be comfortable, to be right. happy in that, in, in that new role. In addition to that, mm -hmm. what, what happens when you're in an interview and all of a sudden, like you just, and you've probably seen this, you know, you just, you just lose your trend of thought. You get a little nervous. How do you kind of get people back on track? Cause I think that's, that's a common thing that happens. They'll ask a question and you don't have a good answer. Right. And then it just throws you off the rest of, you know, the rest of the interview. Cause all you're doing is beating yourself up in your head. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I can't believe I blew that question. You know, now it's not going to work. So you've lost, you just can't concentrate anymore. Right. How would you advise people? Because I see that a lot. How do you get them back in to like, just forget it and, and just get right back in the game? Yes. I, I, I see that often in yeah. my mock interviews as well. 
And my advice is to, a, a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One, if the question is asked and you don't have a ready answer, you can either reframe the question, giving you time to yes. think about it, but also making sure that you understood the, the question they're asking. That's one. Two, it's okay. None of us are perfect. So it's okay to say something like, wow, that's a great question. Give me, just, give me a few seconds just to think about it. Again, remember, it's a conversation, mm -hmm. right? And you're human. You're a human being. So anything can, can happen. Or you can actually say, you know what? I would love a little bit more time to, answer, to think about this yeah. question. And you can all either say, you know, could we move on to the next one? And we can answer, and I can answer this later on, or just take a few seconds just to think about it and answer. It's no, there is nothing wrong in doing, you know, in coming up with, with you know, answers or, or strategies like, like this. Because again, mm -hmm. we're the, the, the interviewer knows that you know we're, we will screw up sometimes but that shouldn't be the end of the, the the interview the end of a good conversation you know I love I love that advice because what I find out oftentimes an interviewer an HR person a recruiter they just ask the, like the same cliche type company uh, questions and I think a lot of times they don't even care about the answer they're just doing it because they feel they should be doing it yes. you know, yeah What's your strengths? What's your weakness? Where do you see yourself in five years? Right. You know, all those like stereotype questions. It's just yes. a default. So I think a lot too, you don't have to stress out because if you don't have a quick answer, so what? They really don't even care for the most yeah, part. It, Clearly there's exactly. something you need an answer, but others is like, eh, kind of move on. <laughs> you know. I, I, think, I think, Jack, it's a mindset. Yes. They're there in that chair and they don't realize that many times the recruiter, the interviewer is as nervous as they are. You absolutely, know? absolutely. They want to make sure they make the right selection because if they don't, it's going to be costly for the organization. So sometimes they themselves are as nervous. And that's why I'm saying, you know, the, the, the interviewee, the candidate can take advantage of that, you know, and can inject a little humor. Oh my goodness, you know. I have so many stories for that particular, for that particular question that let me take a few seconds to think which is a better story to tell you that will convince you that I am the best person. Yeah. You should hire me. Daisy, what you just said is like one of the biggest, you know, secrets in a way of what goes on behind the scenes is that, yeah, the, the interviewer, the hiring manager, the HR person, they're more nervous than the candidate because a candidate, let's say a candidate has a job, right? They mm -hmm. can always go back to their job. Yes. But the person who's interviewing has to fill that role. And if they fill the role with someone who's a big loser, they're going to lose political capital mm -hmm. and their boss is going to say, Jack, like, what's wrong with you? How the mm -hmm. heck did you hire this person? I'm not going to let you hire anyone anymore. So exactly. they are really, so instead of the job seeker being nervous, they should understand, like you're saying, it's really the interviewers who are kind yeah. of on edge. Because if they make a mistake, they make a wrong hire, they're in trouble. Whereas if you have a job, you just go back to your job. Uh, they're in trouble right. and, it, and it becomes costly. Yes. You know, because when they hire someone and the, the person is there for a month, a week, three months, and they have they realize it's the wrong fit, then they have to start all, all over again. Because yeah. then they're, they're worried. Then they're also worried, okay, we, we hire this person and it's not working out, but then if we let them go, maybe they're going to sue us because they're going to say, you let me go because of yes. this or that. And yeah. so you have to worry about that or you have to worry about the person coming in and just being that guy who's toxic and driving everyone crazy. And they're all going to look at you, Daisy, who hired him. And like, why did you, what's wrong with you, Daisy? Why did you hire this person? Now everyone exactly. hates you. Exactly. It goes on. Right. And that's why it's important yeah. to, when, you know, when they have the, the panel interview, right. it, that's why it's important because the, the, 
the halo effect may come into play if I happen to see Jack and mm -hmm. th there's just something about Jack that I just love <laughs> and I would love him to join my team. Right. But then when Christine or Tom, they're going to wonder, wow, Jack, what did you see in Daisy mm -hmm. that we didn't see? And so the conversation becomes, okay, let's discuss that. And then the three of them arrive at, a, at a, a point where they said, yes, we saw that too, or no, let's take another look at, at, at her or somebody else, that kind of thing. Because you don't want the halo effect to, and, and the halo effect can be negative or positive. It could be a case where the mm -hmm. moment you see a particular candidate, they just didn't hit it off well. You know, that first impression, and regardless of what they say next, you know, you've already made, you're, you have already arrived at a conclusion about that person. And so they might not, you know, go further in, in, the, in the interview. So that's why the, the, um, the panel interview is really important because it really, it really tests, really make sure that, you know, we have a consensus around this mm -hmm. particular candidate. Can we unpack a couple of things? Because I, lo I love where you're going with this. Let's take the panel, whether it's a panel or what sometimes I might refer to as, you know, decision by consensus is that yes. when you interview nowadays, you can meet with three, if you're, let's say you're mid-level to senior level, white collar executive, you might have to go six, 10 people that you get to meet with. And oftentimes, a lot of the people you're meeting with are so tangential to the process. They're just drawn in. And you got to get each one of those happy. So like, let's take that piece. Like, how, how do you switch gears? Because everyone's a little different. To act to the hiring manager, to act to a peer, to act to a subordinate, to act to this goofy person who has nothing to do with it, but they threw him in the mix. And you got to, but you got to make that person like you. Because if you don't like mm -hmm. you, they're going to just say, meh. And just everything gets scuttled. So mm -hmm. do, you, do, you, do, you, do you help your people to kind of almost keep shifting, you know, back and yes. forth, depending on the person. Right. I, I do that. And, and yeah. one of the things I say, Jack, and I mean, you have been in this industry for a long time, mm -hmm. so you can tell me if this is a good strategy. Sure. But I usually say to them, yes, you may be, you're being interviewed by a panel, of course, but pay attention. First of all, find out who is the leader. Right. And then pay attention. Whenever someone asks you a question, your attention should be on that particular person more. Yes, mm -hmm. you can scan the, the, the body language of the other the other um, panelists, but pay that particular they ask you a question, pay close attention to that person. Make mm -hmm. sure you're focused on, on that particular person so they can feel. You know, yes, he's he's you know he's paying attention to me and all of that. That kind that's one of the strategies that I use because you really can be darting from one to the other and and wondering in your head, oh my goodness, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? No, you make sure you're focused on the question that was asked and on the questioner, the person who asked the question. I, I think you're so right. To me, it always feels like when first it's like right now. I, you're the only person in the world right now. That's it. Like in my mindset, there's nothing else going on. I, I'm not looking out the window to see what's happening. I'm not listening if my dogs are barking or my cats are running around. I'm just hyper-focused because if you're not hyper-focused, you know, locking eyes, yeah. you know, giving eye contact, but not psycho eye contact, just enough <laughs> eye contact. You know what I mean? Nodding your head every once in a while to show that you're listening. So yes. again, you want to actively listen because there's so many times when people are in interviews, you could tell they're just waiting to talk. They're not yes. actually listening. They're not absorbing what's going mm -hmm. on. They're looking around the room. They're looking at yeah. their watch. And that's the worst thing to do. It's really, you want to be locked in, right? Like locked in. And 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 because they feel it. The hiring manager feels that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to, as you, as you mentioned, you have to, to, to actively listen. Yes. So, because sometimes some people start answering the question long before the question is even done. Right. <laughs> you know, and it turned out that wasn't what they were, they were, you know, they were being asked. So yes, they have to listen intently. 
but also, as I said before, pay attention to the person who was asked the question. Mm -hmm. Give them that due respect. And yes, you can, you know, look from time to time on the other panelists, but pay attention to that particular particular um, person who asked the question. Adisi, I just want to go back a little bit to the halo effect. Yes. For people who are not familiar with that concept. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure if I under I, I always heard that expression, but I'm not sure if I know 100%. What does that really mean, the halo effect? Okay, that's, that's a good question. What it means is that somebody, so you're seeing me for the first time, mm -hmm. and I either rub you the good way or the bad way. I may come in, you know, with an <laughs> attitude and, you know, there's a set. Who does she think she is? <laughs> and even yeah. though I might be a, a great candidate, yeah. You have kind of, you know, you got turned off. I mean, you know, I don't right. like, you know, that. Or, and that's a negative piece. The right. positive part of the halo effect is, wow. I just love, you know, the way Daisy shook my hand, you know, she's confident and all of that. And regardless of what Daisy says in the interview, you have already concluded that I'm a good, I am, she's going to be a good fit for this position. And I really don't care what else she says. You know, that's, that's the halo effect. That's the positive piece. Meaning whatever, I can't say, I can't do anything wrong in your eyes because in the first 10 seconds, you already made a, made a conclusion, arrived at a conclusion about me positively or negatively so that's what the halo effect is the first the first the impression that you got at the beginning of our interaction and that can be positive yeah. or negative and that's why i i mentioned the the having the panel interview because there might be somebody who might not like daisy there might be somebody who loves daisy and mm. then we have that person in the middle who said okay I am the sober person here. So let's discuss why you don't like her, why you don't, and why you love her so much. And then, as you rightly said, they come to a consensus, right. consensus in terms of the decision. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like dating, even though I'm an old married man. So like I, I'm out <laughs> of that scene for a long time, but it is where, right? Where you kind of could tell pretty quickly, is this person going to be a fit or not fit? Yes. And it hits right around. But to the halo effect, it's going back to when pre-COVID, when you know people would come into an office and meet with you know face to face, I would tell like right away because like you get this person who let's say it's a 10, 10 a.m. interview and they you know strut in at ten fifteen, no apology, no acknowledgement that it's fifteen minutes late. They have their cup of Starbucks, put it down on the desk, and I'm like, well, at least you could have gotten me a Starbucks too. No, no Starbucks you know, put their knapsack down or their whatever on the desk. Mm -mm. And I'm like, what? what, what's going on here? That's yes. not a really, that's not making me feel good. And then I'll say something like, you know, whatever. And they like, it's in my resume. I'm like, of course, resume. Yeah. You know, oh, it's in my resume. Very yes. indignantly. And so they, they don't write like, so right away, the halo effect is broken. Like, yes. Like, I am not like, you're late. You didn't apologize. You didn't bring me a coffee. Mm -hmm. You have your coffee. Mm -hmm. you, know, you didn't say sorry. You didn't come up with like why you're late. Maybe it was an mm -hmm. interesting story. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of kind of a little rude when I'm asking you a question. You right. Say, resume instead of having a conversation. And then it's hard to overcome that. Of course. Of course, but but that to me, Jack, is just yeah. somebody that is more about attitude. Yes, yes. Because if you are late, if you, I mean, there's so many things wrong with that particular approach. The person is late. Yeah. They saunter into the office. No <laughs> apology. Right. You know, they, they, they slump on a chair. You yeah. ask a question. Well, it's already in my resume. Yeah. Listen, the, the halo effect wouldn't even come into play right there. Because yeah. all everybody on the panel was say, would say, listen, this person needs, this person is not going to be a good fit for this particular role. When we want somebody to, uh, to arrive at 8 a.m. and this person is sauntering in at 8.15, no. You see, so the halo effect wouldn't really play. I mean, it would be so obvious 
that one, the person is, is being disrespectful because they're late. They haven't mm -hmm. apologized. They haven't said, well, I missed the, the F train or, you know, I didn't, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, just come in. No, you don't, you, you are not gonna, gonna want somebody like that in your office. So that is more about attitude. And, and the, 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 the attitude is on full display. And no, in this, in our office, this kind of attitude isn't gonna work. Because remember, when we're when you're hiring for a particular, when you're hiring someone, you're not only hiring the person in a vacuum, mm -hmm. that person has to come in to fit in with your team. And if you, if the synergy is good with your team, you want to make sure the person coming in is going to complement that team, not take away from, you know, so somebody might be great at the technic, their technical skills. Oh, they might be a great programmer, you know, and probably that's why, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm so good. You better hire me regardless. And, and that's, and then it comes with the attitude, mm -hmm. but you have to protect your team and you want to make sure whoever you select is going to fit within that team. And when I say within the team, a team, a diverse team where, you know, there is, the, there is synergy in that team everybody gets on and even if they don't they know how to handle little little conflicts to, to you know to keep the team cohesive and all of that so somebody like that wouldn't it would just be a no 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 <laughs> let's go to the next <laughs> daisy so how do you feel about this well it's interesting i will still give that person a shot believe it or not because i i'll put aside because let's say they're really great mm -hmm. And I don't want to lose out on that person. So I will, to be fair, I would give that person, even though the halo effect is such that I'm like, I'll still kind of try to salvage it because mm -hmm. I've had that happen times. Yes. They, then they would open up like in the middle of the conversation, say, Jack, I'm so sorry I missed it. Here's what happened. And then maybe they'll tell this, you know, real being honest and tell us like some sad story, what happened and why they were late and so And then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I, I kind of really delved into it because mm -hmm. now this person's opening up, they're real and I'm getting the feel that, okay, there's a situation, I get it, let's let's move on and let's make this happen. So I'll give that chance. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious how you think of this because a lot of people disagree with me on this. <laughs> I feel that if somebody has a little bit of charisma, likability, nice, polite, upbeat, they will beat out somebody who has better skills it's two people same job have better skills you know maybe even a little smarter but the manager and everyone else involved when they weigh it they're like who do i want to work with yeah. day in and day out do i want to work with that person who's like obviously really great and smart and wonderful but meh, personality meh. the mm -hmm. other person fun vivacious upbeat and they do have good skills. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. They're not just all like schmooze. They have good skills, but not as good as the other one. And I think more often than not, managers, hiring managers will pick the person for likability, their attitude, positivity, yeah. because they're, they're human. They want to surround themselves with a person like that. What do, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that ties in exactly with what I was saying about selecting someone who will who will be a good fit yeah. for the team. As long as, you know, the, all, all of the things are equal, you know, they're equally qualified, you know, they can do the job. But sometimes some people believe that because they're good at their technical ability, yes, I can get, I can do that. Then that, because they can do it, then the, the, the soft skills, the other parts of them should matter. All the time. Yeah, I can't so tell you how many way. times that happens. <laughs> oh my God. You have no idea how many times that happens to me where somebody, they, and if, in fact, they get mad at me. It's almost like, how dare you not know how awesome I am? <laughs> like, how dare you? Exactly. you know, don't you know? It's the equivalent. Don't you know who I am? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. That's, yes, but that's, that's not going to work. Um, no. It's not yeah. going to work. 
And that's where soft skills come yes. in. You know, where, you know, you're able to demonstrate your interpersonal skills. You're able to demonstrate your communication skills because right. those are in addition to the technical ones, right. they also need these. And, and, and as um, recruiters have hiring managers often say, we can teach the technical skills. Mm -hmm. We can take a chance on somebody who is demonstrating some great soft skills, you know, in terms of their communication, their, you know, leadership, conflict management, and all of that. We can, we will take our chances on somebody like that and mm -hmm. teach them the technical piece. It's harder to do the, 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 the opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very hard. It's that in terms of your clientele, if you don't mind my asking, are you mm -hmm. seeing in this environment, and what, I know you're from, you're in Canada now, right? Yes, but you, yes. you do, you know, you work with people in the US, Dubai, mm -hmm. other places. Right. Any trends that you're seeing when people come to you, are they in between jobs? Do they want to advance within their company? Do they want to go somewhere else, pivot? Well, have you noticed anything that stands out? Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a combination of all of the above. Yeah. Yes. Some will be coming in because they're vying for, a new role in the organization or with uh, a subsidiary of right. the organization. Like last week, I had to coach a gentleman who was going for a senior marketing director's role within a company that is a subsidiary of, of a larger, a larger company. So, so yes, so it's more like a promotion for, mm -hmm. for him. And then there are people who are just dissatisfied with where they are. They have been trying for a long time to get a promotion and somehow nothing is, is happening. And so we will discuss the situation to, to see how bad is this? Is it really that bad? Because if it's not all that bad, there are ways that you can present yourself you know, have conversations with your, your manager to say, you know, where you would want to go career-wise. Well, if you have tried everything and nothing, nothing is working, then that's probably time for you to start looking elsewhere. And remember, many people don't necessarily want to leave their companies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want to leave the managers that they have. Right, where there is this, you know, some misunderstanding. Um, that's one. And then, you know, there are just people who just want to, to switch careers. They and that's where their transferable skills will come in. Somebody might be a teacher and all of a sudden, you know, mm -hmm. they want to work as an administrator or they want to go into academia, right? Um, you know, at a you know, a higher level or or you know, whatever the case might be. So it's a different set of, I mean, I work with people at different stages in their careers. You find some people, because I see this happening, where the example you gave, let's say you're in the, you know, you're in your place, you maybe don't want to leave, but you, you're hitting that ceiling, that glass ceiling, there's a mm -hmm. ceiling, you can't go through. Um, and then they start having their self-confidence eroding, you know, their self-esteem eroding. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they go some interviews and when they go on interviews, they're bringing that baggage with them and they don't perform well because they're just not happy. Yeah. Do you see that? And if so, like, how do you do? Because I find that a lot where people are so frustrated. Let's say, especially people who are out of work for a long time, which of course, you know, they're nervous. They're worried about the finances, worried about ever getting a job and so on. Mm -hmm. And they're stressed. And it's hard to mask that. So how did, have you had that? And, and if so, like, how did you help people get it? Just get them out of that funk? Yes, it's hard. And I, and I meet yeah. up on that quite often, actually. Yeah. And it's like you say, they have been trying their best to say, get a promotion. Yeah. And every time, you know, nothing is happening. Then their self-esteem takes a dive, you know, and they start questioning themselves. What's the matter with me? You know, I have been doing this job for so long. 
My reviews have been great, and yet I, I can't move in the company. And so the first thing we talk about is the mindset and is to let them know that, listen, nothing is wrong with you. You are okay. But we also examine what have you been doing to, to, to help you to advance. For example, have you been doing courses? Have you been upskilling or reskilling? You know, something that you can present to say, not only have I spent five years in this role, but here are some of the developmental opportunities I've taken advantage of. Because some people believe that because they're there, because they have longevity, because they have years of service, it's a given that they're going to be promoted. Mm -hmm. But they have to make sure make sure that they are reskilling, they are adding to their skills base. That's one. And then two, sometimes we do our jobs and we have our heads down and we're just working hard at it. But you know what? Our managers don't even know. They, they only know when things go wrong. Yeah. As long as things are, you know, as long as things are going well, that's fine. So at times you have to have the conversation with your boss to say, you know what? We haven't, we haven't had a good conversation in the last three months. Can I book some time in your calendar where, you know, we can do a, a review on, you know, what has been going well, get some feedback from you in terms of what I could be doing a little bit better. And so you keep that conversation going so that when it's time to approach the, the promotion, to have the promotion conversation, the boss can't say, well, oh, I didn't know that. And of course, you as the employee, you're keeping a journal of things you're doing, who you have worked with, the, the particular part of that project, the particular thing that you played, the role that you played in with that particular project. So when you're presenting it to your manager, that person will have it right in front of them. So it's going to be harder for them to deny you a promotion. They would have to come with something else. Oh, well, you know, we don't have the money and we don't have, and sometimes again, it's not about the money. Sometimes just a shift in title can make a difference even without another cent being added to the salary. Some people have been struggling at, oh, well, you know, I'm the coordinator. When they're actually doing some managing, some lead, taking on some leadership role, well, what's so difficult in giving me a title? Because for, for some people, that means a lot to them. So what's the difference? in just, you know, giving me a title as mm. manager because I'm already doing the job anyway, you know? So, yeah. So, so there are a couple of threads I want to pull from there. Like one, and I was kind of laughing when you started talking about it because I do find there are two different types of people. Um, one is like you were saying, head down, crunching out the work, doing the work and feeling, okay, I'm doing the work. Well, I'm going to be rewarded. Then the other spend most of their day trying to try to get noticed and trying to kind of you know show people look how hard i'm working but they're not working they're just going around just trying to make it look like they're so important so busy and yeah. it's it's really interesting how you see these different types but the ones who usually are the ones who are like you know building a network who are glad handing who are sucking up to the bosses mm -hmm. they're the ones who do get you know the promotions because they're making right. themselves be seen where the one who's working you know that other person's taking all the credit, right? And they're and they're left off. So that's a that's a that's something I'm glad you brought up because people feel like just because I work hard, everyone knows I'm working hard. I'm doing well. No, right? You gotta you gotta advocate for yourself, right? You gotta you really to. say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Go to like you said, go to your manager, make sure they know what's happening. And I like you said, like keeping a journal or keeping records of of your accomplishments because after a whole year, you forget like half of the course. stuff so if you're constantly writing it down then you have all the data to say wait a minute look what i've done do you realize this exactly right? exactly but just to go back to what you're yeah. saying about the person who is you know just there you know you know being in the, in the faces yes. of the boss every now and again you don't want that extreme either so you yeah. don't 
on that because that person would be busy, would not be doing the work, but just be busy being visible so the boss can see them. <laughs> and at the same time, you don't want the person who is just who just has you know his head down and you know just working, 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 and stuff. You don't want that. You want to arrive at a happy medium. That means yes, I'm doing the work, but I'm not going to just I somebody need to 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 know that mm. I am the one who is leading this project or I'm the one who is a part of this project and this has been my contribution nothing is wrong with that and it's so interesting now that these days hardly any any organization is waiting on a full year to do a performance mm -hmm. review and even if they do as a candidate or as, sorry, as an employee, you can, you know, create a conversation. I mean, say to your boss, listen, right. you know, why not let's meet on a monthly basis, a, you know, two monthly basis right. and just discuss my progress because I don't want at the end of a year, that's when you're going to tell me that Daisy, you didn't do so well here. And it makes it easier because when, when they're able to say, Daisy, you're doing great, but here are some areas that I think you could improve. It gives me a chance to start working on that. It doesn't leave me a whole year before I'm hearing that, well, you know what you needed to improve in this area. That's so great it advice. Has to be, it has to be ongoing conversations. And the conversations don't have to be long. It can be a 15 minute touch base, you know, coaching call to say, how are things going? And then you're able, yeah, so yeah. Can I, give, can I give you a third archetype person for the ones we're talking? Then there's a third person, I was thinking about start, who is only looking for that next job. So like they're working, maybe 20% of the time and 80% of the time they're dealing with recruiters, they're going on the job boards and mm -hmm. they're spending all the time to get that next job, but yes. they're doing enough to keep their job. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones like you'll see the resumes, they keep moving, 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 moving because they're always like looking for that next step. And a lot of times it works and they keep getting more money, more money, you know, mm -hmm. maybe another 10%, another 20%. And yeah. That's a that's yes. another style which which is out there. That's another style, but you see, yeah. that's an issue too, because that person needs to do some self reflection and determine what's important for me. Because if it's if it's only and if money is the driving force, then by all means, you know, good luck. Um, but you can't be. And I don't want to say job hopping because job hopping is not mm -hmm. a negative these days, you know, because of the, you know, the whole yeah. you know, climate. But if you, if I find somebody, you know, like you said, they get a job, they spend 20% doing the work and the other 80% job searching. It means something, somebody's needs are not being met. And it's up to the individual, not the employer. It's up to the individual to determine what is it that I'm seeking? Because I go into this job and I thought I had it. And then two weeks into it, one month into it, I start looking again. It means something. So a lot of self-reflection needs to be done. If I were going to coach somebody like that, I would say, listen, let's talk. Let's talk. What is it you're looking for? What would make you happy? What are some of the things that you, when you're doing it, you're so engaged that time is flying by and you don't even realize it. Because at some point you need to get to that stage where you can say, yes, I'm comfortable being in this role, you know, 80% of the time. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great, great advice. And when just just to, to kind of set the record, because I don't want to make anyone feel bad when the person who's constantly looking, I'm not disparaging that person. I'm just kind yes. of saying that's another thing. Because to be fair, especially in this economy with high inflation, high interest rates, especially if you're a young, relatively young person, and you, how are you going to come up with 20% for a down payment on a house? So like, 
a lot of people you're forced into that spot. Like yes. you have to, you, you, you literally have to kind of keep moving to get more money because as inflation goes up, your everything goes down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it yes. gets into your paycheck. So you kind of, you know, in this environment, you yeah. almost have to kind of you try to see to. how do I get, yeah. Yes, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree with you. And it's not yeah. a matter of disparaging that individual yeah, yeah. either, but it does mean if it's, if you have joined an organization and within three months, six months, you're spending more of your time looking for another job as opposed to working on the job you have because remember it's not only about doing the job right but it's learning new skills and doing the job adding value to the job that you have been given you know doing doing more or like i said learning more skills so that you can move on to your next role. So it's not about, and like I said, it's not about the job hopping piece because you have to be practical, mm -hmm. really. Um, the inf inflation is high for sure, but also Jack, some people, they go to a job and this, as soon as they go there, something happened with that company and they're laid off. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's last in, first out, kind of. So yes, yeah. you know, we have to be practical. But I'm thinking in terms of somebody who just, you know, all other things being equal, they go to one road and they say, oh, well, you know, no, I'm, I have to start looking. Then I, have to, I would have to, like I said, have the conversation. What is it that you're looking for? What is motivating you? Is it money? And then money mm -hmm. only motivates you to an extent. The yeah. moment you get it, you start looking for more. Absolutely. So yeah. let me... Are there any questions like I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with the audience um, or, and also any projects you're working on, any, any coursework that uh, you'd like to unveil? Well, I'll tell you about the project. <laughs> I'll tell you about the projects okay. first. So uh, as I said at the beginning, I am launching in the fall, I'm launching this interview course, how to mm -hmm. crush the interview and land the job you want and it's again based on the clients the clients that I work with and some of the the, the struggles that they they do um they do encounter and big picture <laughs> I I launched the aspire to grow leadership academy a few a few um a few months ago and that is in the developmental stage and that part of it is really geared towards women because mm. I, I have this affinity for, you know, for women, you know, encouraging women and reminding them of who they are, how great they are, what they can, can and cannot do. And within that part, we deal with, you know, how to set their career compass, what it is that they, they want to do next. And I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that every year in January, I host a visioning event for women. And it's just, we all get together and plan some strategies mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, what do you want to achieve for this year? And in fact, during the pandemic, we actually ended up writing um, an anthology, 21 women got together out of the visioning event and we wrote this, this book. And, you know, the rippling effects have been amazing. So, so those are, you know, kind of where you will find me you know, part doing stuff with, with women and now creating this leadership academy for um, women who want to be in a space where, you know, they can find their, find their voice at work, um, hone their leadership skills, um, you know, again, like, you know, plan their, their strategies on how to move from here to there. So that's my pet baby project that I'm, I'm kind of working on. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. That sounds great. The only thing is, what about us guys? What's up? You know, <laughs> it's funny because I do get that all the time. Yeah. All the time I get men will say, okay, one, one guy actually asked me yeah. earlier this year. So now you had Visioning 23. When are you going to have one for men? Yeah. <laughs> well, can I tell you something, Daisy? Seriously? I am on this. I'm in, in this space where I personally, yeah. I like to just carve yeah. this for yeah. 
you know, for, for women, when we women get together and get together to, 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 to talk strategy, not get together, you know, some people, I was studying somebody last week, I said, you know what, when we get together, it's, there are certain things that's not allowed. And one of them is gossiping. It's not <laughs> you're a gossiper. No, you're not yeah. well. But it's really to, you know, people yeah. get together and encourage each other. Yeah. Be there, be there to say, yeah, listen, today you might be down, but tomorrow things are gonna happen. And and so that's where we are. Probably having one for men might come down. The I road. think, you know, because I don't I don't know if you see this. But it's interesting, and this might be a little controversial to a certain degree. Mm. I, you know, what I've seen over the years, like recruiting for twenty-five, you know, plus years, that over time, you know, it was like, hey, you know, women don't stand up for themselves. They don't negotiate as much. They don't negotiate hard. But then, what I've seen because of that narrative, they actually negotiate harder than men because they come into the negotiations feeling, hey, I'm going to get ripped off, so I'm going to just I'm going to go for it. Whereas men, not as much. So I've seen a big shift over the last 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Then also men, if you look at the data, they're not going to college as much as women. They're not going to law school as much as women. Mm -hmm. You know, young men are like in their basement, you know, smoking weed, drinking, playing <laughs> video games. And I'm not being facetious. It's, yes, it's, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that's happening. Yeah. So, so yeah. So like maybe consider for, you know, Something for men. I know, like, you don't have to give away the other one. You can still do that one, but then, you know, you well, can help, you know. The, the thing is, I, I, I know where my, where Your my strengths are. Yeah, yeah. But guys are so much fun. You'd have a good yeah. time. It would be awesome. No, I, and I, I totally agree because when in saying that, though, yeah. though Jack, I have, um, Mark, my clientele is, mo you know, mostly women, but mm. I do work with some amazing yeah men and we're able to i was telling you about my 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 other client who just mm -hmm. moved back to to dubai right and he, he he said to me before he left he said daisy i'm going back i'm going to be back because i'm a canadian citizen so i'm going to yeah. be going back and forth but he said you know what you're going to be my forever career coach and that's <laughs> awesome he said i said you know okay yes i'm going <laughs> to want you to be independent yeah. of course yeah. but you know, it's, a, you know, so he'll always be checking in with me. So I do have um, great relationships with, with anybody who, you know, they happen to be. It's just that my, my soft spot. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, Um, and soft spot from the perspective of not being sorry for, you know, for, because that's not what it is. We we talk about, you know, being in, inspiring and motivating mm -hmm. and transforming. That's that's yeah. the type of conversation we have and we encourage and I yeah. encourage in, um, in my book. And also for a business model, it does make sense to have like, you know, a focus and a niche that separates because, you know, in business, if you kind of stretch yourself too thin, it's yeah, but if you like really focus, here's what I focus on. You know, I do X, whether it's coaching or any other business. Like exactly. I, like for instance, in recruiting, I focused on compliance because when I started, it wasn't a very popular area. So I said, mm. hey, it's not popular, so I could kind of maybe really grow pretty quickly and do exactly. that. Even if it's boring, it didn't matter because I figured, okay, this is a good niche yes. that I can get and run with. So I guess, exactly, so, yeah. So it makes sense. It's a niche and, that and you, you can, can own exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is great. I, you know, I really appreciate. It. I think I think you gave the audience some amazing advice. And what we'll do is, you know, people who watch it now, but it's it's because it's LinkedIn because you don't know if they're watching now or not. But we'll re, re you know, you know replay it and share it again. And I really, I really appreciate you taking the time and walking through because you, you just laid everything out so neatly and so precisely. And it was all like actionable advice. It wasn't fluff. It wasn't, this it was like, here's what you could do. Boom, boom, boom. And this Absolutely. is what people need. That's what, and this is what gets me excited about doing these things, like speaking and listening to people like yourself who could really just walk through, Hey, Here's what you need to do, you know, A, B, C, you know, one, two, three, and people could walk away feeling empowered. So thank you so much. Yes. And uh, for if 
for people to find you, where, how can, what, what, you know, LinkedIn or what do you I'm on how? LinkedIn. I'm okay. on LinkedIn. Just Google Daisy Wright. Okay. And if if I come up as Jude Law's nanny, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is your Daisy Wright? Is that same name? Yeah. Okay. So any, any other places, LinkedIn? No, if you Google Daisy Wright and yeah. you see that I was Jude Law's nanny and I was going around with him, it's <laughs> me. <laughs> so you should own that and say, oh, well, I, that's something I don't yes. talk about too much. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Or I'm on Instagram. And, okay, Instagram. So yes, threads, so Twitter, threads, LinkedIn Twitter, and my website, thetherightcareer.com. Okay. That's where people can find me. And thank Great. you so much for 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 hosting me today, Jack. I really appreciate it. And as I as my I pleasure. said at the beginning, I actually go back and listen to some of your recordings. I awesome. listened to the Morgans the other day. And yeah. I chimed into Ed Hans the other yes. day. Well, he was great, right? Yes. Really oh, good. absolutely. And I yeah. have I have Tara Orchard's one. To yes. Fellow so Canadian, right? I do gain value. It is right. It's super, and well. that's what I'm telling. I love it because it's just, it's especially now because like people need this advice. They need this help. It's it's a yeah. tough environment. You yes. know, it, and, I mean, and a, you get, you're getting even yeah. if it might this subject area might yeah. be kind of similar you get different perspectives yes it makes you so much better yeah yes excellent well thank you so much i appreciate yeah, well, it and too. once again for everybody what it's so daisy right on linkedin you're also i i couldn't get twitter or i'm so on much. twitter it's career tips to go and it's okay d-a-r-e-e-r-t-i-p-s-2 the okay. number two go and okay. i'm on instagram daisy right underscore career coach perfect Great. And you know what we'll do in the notes? We'll put it in there so that people know how to find you. Right. Excellent. Thank well, so thank much. you so much. It was great seeing you again. Yes. Great to All see right. you too, Jack. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Yeah,